Chapter Two of the Cat of Bubastes: A Tale of Ancient Egypt. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Cat of Bubastes by G. A. Henty. Chapter Two: The Siege of the City. Amuba saw his father fall, and leaping from his chariot, strove to make his way through the mingled mass of footmen and chariots to the spot. Jethro followed close behind him. He, too, had caught sight of the falling figure, and knew what Amuba did not, that the Rebu had lost their king. He was not forgetful of the charge which had been laid on him, but the lad was for a moment beyond his control, and he, too, was filled with fury at the fall of the king, and determined, if possible, to save his body. He reached Amuba's side just in time to interpose his shield between the boy and an Egyptian archer in a chariot he was passing the arrow pierced the shield and the arm that held it jethro paused an instant broke off the shaft at the shield and seizing the point which was projecting two inches beyond the flesh pulled the arrow through the wound it was but a moment's work but short as it was it almost cost amuba his life for the archer leaning forward dropped the end of his bow over the lad's head a trick common among the egyptian archers and in a moment dragged him to the ground while his comrade in the chariot raised his spear to dispatch him Jethro sprang forward with a shout of rage, and with a blow of his sword struck off the head of the spear as it was descending. Then shortening his sword, he sprang into the chariot, ran the man holding the bow through the body, and grappled with the spearman. The struggle was a short one. Leaving his sword in the body of the archer, Jethro drew his dagger and speedily dispatched his foe. Then he jumped down, and lifting Amuba, who was insensible from the sharp jerk of the bowstring upon his throat and the violence of his fall, carried him back to his chariot. This with the greatest difficulty he managed to draw out of the heat of the conflict, which was for the moment raging more fiercely than before. The Rebu who had seen the fall of their king had dashed forward to rescue the body and to avenge his death. They cleared a space round him, and as it was impossible to extricate his chariot, they carried his body through the chaos of plunging horses, broken chariots, and fiercely struggling men to the rear. Then it was placed in another chariot, and the driver started with it at full speed for the city. Jethro, on emerging from the crowd, paused for a moment to look round. He saw at once that the battle was lost. The center was utterly broken, and the masses of the Egyptians who had crossed the swamp were pressing heavily on the flanks of the Rebu footmen, who were still opposing a firm stand to those attacking them in front. For the moment the passage of the Egyptian chariots was arrested. So choked was the causeway with chariots and horses which were embedded in the mire, or had sunk between the faggots that further passage was impossible, and a large body of footmen were now forming a fresh causeway by the side of the other this would soon be completed for they were now working undisturbed by opposition and jethro saw that as soon as it was done the egyptian host would sweep across and fall upon the rear of the rebu jethro ran up to two mounted men badly wounded who had like himself made their way out of the fight see he said in a quarter of an hour a new causeway will be completed and the egyptians will pour over in that case resistance will be impossible and all will be lost do one of you ride to each flank and tell the captains that the king is dead that there are none to give orders here and that their only chance to save their troops is to retreat at full speed but keeping good order to the city the horsemen rode off immediately for jethro as the king's own charioteer was a man of some impatience after dispatching the messengers he returned to his chariot and at once drove off amuba was now recovering 
and the rough motion of the vehicle as it dashed along at full speed aroused him what is it jethro what has happened the battle is lost prince and i am conveying you back to the city you have had a rough fall and a narrow escape of your life and can do no more fighting even if fighting were of any good which it is not and the king my father amuba said struggling to his feet what of him did i not see him fall i know not of him for certain jethro replied there was a terrible fight raging and as i had you to carry out i could take no share in it besides i had an arrow through my left arm if i had been a moment later it would have gone through your body instead and now if you do not mind taking the reins i will bandage it up i have not had time to think about it yet but it is bleeding fast and i begin to feel faint this was indeed true but jethro had called amuba's attention to his wound principally for the sake of diverting his thoughts for a moment from his fear for his father as amuba drove he looked back the plain behind him was covered with a mass of fugitives i see that all is lost he said mournfully but how is it that we are not pursued we shall be pursued before long jethro answered but i fancy that few of the egyptian chariots which first passed are in a condition to follow most of them have lost horses or drivers numbers were broken to pieces in the melee but they are making a fresh causeway and when that is completed those who cross will take up the pursuit as for their footmen they have small chance of catching the rebu surely our men ought to retreat in good order jethro scattered as they are they will be slaughtered in thousands by the egyptian chariots they could not oppose much resistance to them anyhow jethro replied on a plain footmen cannot withstand a chariot charge as it is many will doubtless fall but they will scatter to the right and left numbers will reach the hills in safety some will take refuge in woods and jungles while many will outrun the chariots the new causeway is narrow and a few only can cross abreast and thus though many of our men will be overtaken and killed i trust that the greater part will escape let us draw up here for a short time jethro i see there are several chariots and some horsemen behind and as they are with the main body of the fugitives they are doubtless friends let us join them and proceed in a body to the town i should not like to be the first to enter with the news of our defeat you are right prince as our horses are good we need not fear being overtaken we can therefore wait a few minutes a score of chariots presently came up and all halted on seeing amuba one of them contained amusis the chief captain of the army he leaped from his chariot when he saw amuba and advanced to him prince he said why do you delay i rejoice at seeing that you have escaped in the battle for i marked you bravely fighting in the midst but let me beg you to hasten on a few minutes and the host of egyptian chariots will be upon us i am ready to proceed amusis since you have come have you any news of my father the king has been sorely wounded the general said and was carried off out of the battle but come prince we must hasten on our presence will be sorely needed in the city and we must get all in readiness for defence before the egyptians arrive the chariots again started and reached the city without seeing anything of the egyptians who did not indeed arrive before the walls until an hour later having been delayed by the slaughter of the fugitives as the party entered the town they found confusion and terror prevailing the arrival of the body of the king was the first intimation of disaster and this had been followed by several horsemen and chariots who had spread the news of the defeat of the army 
the cries of women filled the air some in their grief and terror ran wildly here and there some sat at their doors with their faces hidden by their hands wailing loudly others tore their garments and behaved as if demented on their way to the palace they met the troops who had been left behind to guard the city moving down stern and silent to take their places on the wall during the drive amusis who had driven in amuba's chariot had broken to the boy the news that his father was dead and amuba was prepared for the loud lamentation of women which met him as he entered the royal enclosure i will see my mother he said to amusis and then i will come down with you to the walls and will take whatever part you may assign me in the defence it is to your experience and valour we must now trust i will do all that i can prince the walls are strong and if as i hope the greater part of our army find their way back i trust we may be able to defend ourselves successfully against the egyptian host assure your royal mother of my deep sympathy for her in her sorrow and of my devotion to her personally the general now drove off and amuba entered the royal dwellings in the principal apartment the body of the king was laid upon a couch in the middle of the room the queen stood beside it in silent grief, while the attendants raised loud cries, wrung their hands, and filled the air with their lamentation, mingled with praises of the character and bravery of the king. Amuba advanced to his mother's side. She turned and threw her arms round him. "'Thank the gods, my son, that you are restored to me! But what a loss! What a terrible loss is ours!' "'It is indeed, mother. No better father ever lived than mine.' but i pray you mother lay aside your grief for a while we shall have time to weep and mourn for him afterward we have need of all our courage in a few hours the egyptian hosts will be before our walls and every arm will be needed for their defence i am going down to take my place among the men to do what i can to encourage them but the confusion in the city is terrible none know whether they have lost husbands or fathers and the cries and lamentations of the women cannot but dispirit and dishearten the men i think mother that you might do much if you would and i am sure that my father in his resting place with the gods would far rather see you devoting yourself to the safety of his people than to lamentations here what would you have me do i should say mother mount a chariot and drive through the streets of the town bid the women follow the example of their queen and defer their lamentation for the fallen until the foe has been repelled bid each do her part in the defence of the city there is work for all stones to be carried to the walls food to be cooked for the fighting men hides to be prepared in readiness to be carried to the ramparts where the attack is hottest to shield our soldiers from arrows in these and other tasks all can find employment and in thus working for the defence of the town the women would find distraction from their sorrows and anxieties your advice is wise amuba and i will follow it order a chariot to be brought down my maidens shall come with me and see that two trumpeters are in readiness to precede us this will ensure attention and silence and my words will be heard as we pass along how did you escape from the conflict the faithful jethro bore me off mother or i too should have fallen and now with your permission i will go to the wall do so amuba and may the gods preserve you you must partake of some food before you go for you will need all your strength my son amuba hastily ate the food that was placed before him in another apartment and drank a goblet of wine and then hurried down to the wall the scene was a heart-rending one all over the plain were scattered groups of men hurrying toward the city while among them dashed the egyptian chariots overthrowing and slaying them but not without resistance 
the rebu were well disciplined and as the chariots thundered up little groups gathered together shield overlapping shield and spears projecting while those within the circle shot their arrows or whirled stones from their slings the horses wounded by the arrows often refused to obey their drivers but rushed headlong across the plain others charged up only to fall pierced with the spears while the chariots were often empty of their occupants before they broke into the phalanx thus although many fell many succeeded in gaining the gates of the town and the number of men available for the defence had already largely increased when amuba reached the walls although the egyptian chariots came up in great numbers night fell without the appearance of the main body of the egyptian army after darkness set in great numbers of the rebu troops who had escaped to the hills made their way into the town the men of the contingents furnished by the other rebu cities naturally made their way direct to their homes but before morning the six thousand men left behind to guard the city when the army set out had been swelled to four times their numbers although this was little more than half the force which had marched out to battle the return of so large a number of the fugitives caused a great abatement of the panic and misery that had prevailed the women whose husbands or sons had returned rejoiced over those whom they had regarded as lost while those whose friends had not yet returned gained hopes from the narratives of the fresh comers that their loved ones might also have survived and would ere long make their way back the example of the queen had already done much to restore confidence all knew the affection that existed between the king and her and the women felt that if she could lay aside her deep sorrow and set such an example of calmness and courage at such a time it behooved all others to set aside their anxieties and to do their best for the defence of the town amusis gave orders that all those who had returned from battle should rest for the night in their homes the troops who had remained in the city keeping guard upon the walls in the morning however all collected at the trumpet call and were formed up according to the companies and battalions to which they belonged of some of these which had borne the brunt of the combat there were but a handful of survivors while of others the greater portion were present weak battalions were joined to the strong fresh officers were appointed to take the place of those who were missing the arms were examined and all deficiencies made good from the public stores ten thousand men were set aside as a reserve to be brought up to the points most threatened while to the rest were allotted those portions of the wall which they were to occupy as soon as morning broke the women recommenced the work that had been interrupted by night making their way to the walls in long trains carrying baskets of stones on their heads disused houses were pulled down for the sake of their stones and timber parties of women with ropes dragging the latter to the walls in readiness to be hurled down upon the heads of the enemy even the children joined in the work carrying small baskets of earth to those portions of the wall which amusis had ordered to be strengthened the position of the city had been chosen with a view to defence it stood on a plateau of rock raised some fifty feet above the plain the caspian washed its eastern face on the other three sides a high wall composed of earth roughly faced with stones ran along at the edge of the plateau above it at distances of fifty yards apart rose towers the entire circuit of the walls was about three miles since its foundation by the grandfather of the late king the town had never been taken although several times besieged and the rebu had strong hopes that here when the chariots of the egyptians were no longer to be feared they could oppose a successful resistance to all the efforts of the enemy 
at noon the egyptian army was seen advancing and confident as the defenders of the city felt they could not resist a feeling of apprehension at the enormous force which was seen upon the plain the egyptian army was over three hundred thousand strong it moved in regular order according to the arms or nationality of the men here were nubians sardinians etruscans oscans dauni maxies kahaka a race from iberia and bodies of other mercenaries from every tribe and people with whom the egyptians had any dealings the sardinians bore round shields three or four spears or javelins a long straight dagger and a helmet surmounted by a spike with a ball at the top the etruscans carried no shields and instead of the straight dagger were armed with a heavy curved chopping-knife their head-dress resembled somewhat in shape that now worn by the armenians the dauni were greek in the character of their arms carrying a round shield a single spear a short straight sword and a helmet of the shape of a cone the egyptians were divided according to their arms there were regiments of archers who carried for close combat a slightly curved stick of heavy wood other regiments of archers carried hatchets the heavy infantry all bore the egyptian shield which was about three feet long it was widest at the upper part where it was semicircular while the bottom was cut off straight the shields had a boss near the upper part some regiments carried in addition to the spears heavy maces others axes their helmets all fitted closely to the head most of them wore metal tassels hanging from the top the helmets were for the most part made of thick material, quilted and padded. These were preferred to metal, being a protection from the heat of the sun. Each company carried its own standard. These were all of religious character, and represented animals sacred to the gods, sacred boats, emblematic devices, or the names of the king or queen. These were in metal, and were raised at the ends of spears or staves. The standard-bearers were all officers of approved valor behind the army followed an enormous baggage train and as soon as this had arrived on the ground the tents of the king and the principal officers were pitched what a host jethro said to amuba who after having his arm dressed on his arrival at the palace had accompanied the young prince to the walls it seems a nation rather than an army i do not wonder now that we were defeated yesterday but that we so long held our ground and that so many escaped from the battle it is wonderful truly jethro look at the long lines of chariots moving in as regular order as the footmen it is well for us that they will now be forced to be inactive as to the others although they are countless in numbers they cannot do much against our walls no towers that they can erect upon the plains will place them on a level with us here and the rock is so steep that it is only here and there that it can be climbed it would seem impossible for them to take it prince but we must not be too confident we know that many towns which believed themselves impregnable have been captured by the egyptians and must be prepared for the most daring enterprises the gates have been already fastened and so great a thickness of rocks piled against them that they are now the strongest part of the wall those parts of the roads leading up to them that were formed of timber have been burned and they cannot now reach the gates except by climbing as at other points we have provisions enough to last for well nigh a year for all the harvest has been brought in from the whole district round together with many thousands of cattle of wells there are abundance 
yes i heard the preparations that were being made jethro and i doubt not that if we can resist the first onslaught of the egyptians we can hold out far longer than they can for the difficulty of victualling so huge an army will be immense in what way do you think they will attack for my part i do not see any method which offers a hope of success that i cannot tell you we know that to us and to the peoples around our cities seem impregnable but the egyptians are skilled in all the devices of war they have laid siege to and captured great numbers of cities and are doubtless full of plans and expedients of which we know nothing however to-morrow morning will show us something nothing will be attempted to-day the generals have first to inspect our walls and see where the assault is to be delivered and the army will be given a day's rest at least before being called upon to assault such a position in the afternoon a cortege of chariots made the circuit of the walls from the shore of the sea round the great plateau to the sea again keeping just beyond the range of arrows if we had but a few of their archers here jethro said the egyptian king would not be so overbold in venturing so near it is wonderful how strongly they shoot their arrows have fully double the range of ours and their power is sufficient to carry them through the strongest shields even when strengthened with metal had i not seen it i should have thought it impossible that living men and those no bigger or stronger than we could have sent their arrows with such power they stand in a different attitude to that of our archers and though their shafts are fully a foot longer than ours they draw them to the head i regarded myself as a good bowman till i met the egyptians and now i feel as a child might do when watching a man perform feats of strength of which he had not even imagined a possibility in the evening the great council met it included all the principal officers of the army the priests the royal councillors and the leading men in the state after a discussion it was determined that in the present crisis it were best to postpone taking any steps to appoint a successor to the late king but that so long as the siege lasted amusis should be endowed with absolute powers in order that there should be no loss of time for the necessity of consulting any one amuba was present with his mother at the council though neither of them took any active part in it but at its commencement an announcement was made in their name that they were willing to abide by whatever the council should decide and that indeed both mother and son desired that while this terrible danger hung over the state the supreme power should be placed in the hands of whomsoever the general voice might select as the person best fitted to take the command in such an extremity that night the body of the king was consumed on a great funeral pile under ordinary occasions the ceremony would have taken place on a narrow promontory jutting out into the sea about five miles from the city here the previous monarchs had been consumed in sight of a multitude of their people and had been buried beneath great mounds of earth the priests had long ago pronounced this place the most sacred in the kingdom and had declared that the anger of the gods would fall upon any who ventured to set foot upon the holy ground but it was impossible for the present to lay the ashes of the king by the side of those of his forefathers and the ceremony was therefore conducted within the royal enclosure only the officiating priests and the wife and son of the deceased being present when all was over the ashes were collected and were placed in a casket which was destined when better times returned to be laid in the sight of the whole people in the sacred enclosure on the promontory early next morning the trumpets of the guards on the walls called all the troops to arms as soon as amuba reached his post he saw the egyptian army marching against the city 
when they arrived within bowshot the archers who formed the front lines opened fire upon the defenders on the walls their arrows however for the most part fell short while those of the besieged rained down upon them with effect they were therefore withdrawn a short distance and contracting their ranks a vast number of footmen poured through and in irregular order ran forward to the foot of the rock where they were sheltered from the arrows of those on the wall what can they be going to do now amuba exclaimed laying aside his bow jethro shook his head they are working with a plan he said we shall see before very long listen even above the din caused by so vast a multitude a sharp metallic sound was presently heard like that of innumerable hammers striking on steel surely amuba exclaimed they can never be thinking of quarrying the rock away that is too great a task even were the whole people of egypt here it certainly is not that jethro agreed and yet i cannot think what else can be their intentions it was nigh an hour before the mystery was solved then at the blast of a trumpet sounded at the post where the egyptian king had placed himself and taken up along the whole of the line a great number of heads appeared along the edge of rock at the foot of the walls the egyptians had been employed in driving spikes in the crevices of the rock standing on the first so driven they then inserted others three feet higher and so had proceeded until a number of men had climbed up the face of the rock these let down ropes and ladders had been hauled up the steepest places great numbers of ropes were hung down to assist those who followed in the ascent and the men who first showed themselves over the brow were followed by a stream of others until the ledge which was in most cases but a few feet wide was crowded with soldiers the ladders were now hauled up and placed against the wall and the egyptians swarmed up in great numbers but the rebu were prepared for the assault and a storm of stones beams of wood arrows javelins and other missiles rained down on the egyptians many of the ladders in spite of the number of men upon them were thrown back by the defenders and fell with a crash over the edge of the rock to the plain below here and there the egyptians gained a footing on the wall before the rebu had recovered from their first surprise at their daring manner of attack but so soon as they rallied they attacked the egyptians with such fury that in every case the latter were slain fighting or were thrown over the embattlements for several hours the egyptians continued their efforts but after losing vast numbers of men without obtaining any success they were recalled by the sound of the trumpet that has not been very serious jethro amuba said wiping the perspiration from his forehead for he had been encouraging the men by assisting in the lifting and casting over the massive stones and beams of wood it was not difficult to repulse them under such conditions jethro said but the manner of their attack was a surprise indeed to us and they have fought with the greatest bravery you will see that the next time they will have benefited by the lesson and that we shall have some new device to cope with now that they have once found a way to scale the rock we may expect but little rest the fight was not renewed until evening when just as darkness fell a large number of the egyptians again ascended the rock as before the rebu poured missiles down upon them but this time only a sufficient number had climbed up to be able to stand along close to the foot of the wall where they were to a great extent sheltered from the missiles from above the night was a dark one and all night long the rebu continued to shower down missiles upon their invisible foe of whose continued presence they were assured by the sounds from which time to time were heard 
when daylight enabled the defenders to see what was going on at the foot of their walls they raised a shout of surprise and dismay during the night the egyptians had hoisted up by ropes a quantity of the timber brought with them for the construction of shelters for those who were engaged on siege operations the timbers were all cut and prepared for fitting together and were easily jointed even in the dark thus then when the besiegers looked over they saw forty or fifty of these shelters erected against the foot of their walls they were so formed that they sloped down like a penthouse and were thickly covered with hides the besieged soon found that so solid were these constructions that the beams and great stones which they dropped upon them simply bounded off and leaped down into the plain ladders fastened together had been fixed by the egyptians from each of these shelters to the plain below so that the men at work could be relieved or reinforced as the occasion required in vain the besieged showered down missiles in vain poured over the cauldrons of boiling oil they had prepared in readiness the strength of the beams defied the first the hides lapping over each other prevented the second from penetrating to those below truly these are terrible foes prince jethro said i told you that we might expect new plans and devices but i did not think that the very day after the siege began we should find that they had overcome all the difficulties of our natural defences and should have established themselves in safety at the foot of our walls but what is to be done jethro the men working in those shelters will speedily dislodge these stones facing the walls and will then without difficulty dig through the earthwork behind the matter is serious jethro agreed but as yet there is no reason to alarm ourselves the greater portion of our troops will be assembled behind the wall and should the egyptians gain a way through we should pour in at the openings and as they can be only reinforced slowly would speedily hurl them all over the edge of the cliff it is not that i fear what is it that you do fear jethro i fear prince because i do not know what it is i have to fear we are as children in a struggle of this kind as opposed to the egyptians already they have wholly overthrown all our calculations and it is just because i do not know what they will do next that i am afraid it must be as plain to them as it is to us that if they dig through the walls we shall rush in and overpower them perhaps they intend to work right and left and to undermine the walls until large portions of them tumble over and breaches are made jethro shook his head that would destroy the egyptian shelters and bury their workmen or even did they manage to retire before the walls fell they would gain nothing by it in fact i wish that we ourselves would tumble the walls over for in that case the heap of earth and stones would rise from the very edge of the rock and as the egyptians could only climb up in small numbers at a time we could destroy them without difficulty i see now that our builders made a mistake in surrounding the city with a high wall it would have been best to have built a mere breastwork at the very edge of the cliff all round here comes amusis we shall hear what his opinion of the matter is amusis looked flushed and anxious although when he saw the prince he assumed an expression of carelessness the egyptians are going to burrow through our walls he said but when they do so we will drive them like rats out of the holes do you not think so jethro i do not know jethro said gravely if they dig through our walls we shall certainly as you say drive them out of their holes but i cannot believe that that is what they are going to do what do you think they are going to do amusis asked roughly i have no idea amusis i wish that i had but i am quite sure that they haven't taken all this trouble for nothing End of chapter 2